From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Friday, June 9th. I'm Sarah Wraith. The topic of reintroducing sea otters to their historic range in Oregon and California is gaining traction, though the idea is not universally popular. There are no plans to reintroduce otters at this time. But last year, on the direction of Congress, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service released a feasibility study. It concludes that bringing otters back could have significant ecological benefits for a number of species, including the otters themselves. Otters were hunted to near extinction during the maritime fur trade that began in the mid-18th century. A remnant population of southern sea otters in Big Sur is the source of the one in the Monterey Peninsula, which was reintroduced by humans in the 1960s. Scientists hope that closing the gaps between them and the northern sea otters, whose range extends to the coast of Washington, will freshen up the gene pool. Otters and sunflower sea stars were the predators of the purple urchin, which have proliferated in the wake of a disease that's wiped out the sea stars. The urchin have devoured entire kelp forests, but live on in an emaciated state. A new study suggests that otters could restore the kelp forests by foraging for the urchin that are still viable in the remaining kelp. But it's a chicken and egg question. Otters rely on kelp to keep them safe from sharks, which are also proliferating in warm water. Lillian Carswell is a Southern Sea Otter Recovery and Marine Conservation Coordinator with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and a co-author of the feasibility study. She wrote that until the late 1990s, sea otters overlapped with white sharks for only about two months per year. But now, with warm water extending up the coast for longer, sea otters are exposed to shark attacks for eight months a year. Heather Barrett is a research scientist with Sea Otter Savvy, an organization that seeks to educate the public about the marine mammals. She says that although kelp provides important cover in sharky waters, historically, otters inhabited a range of oceanic habitats. From some of the sort of historical aspect, we start to understand that sea otters were using estuaries and bays and inlets. And so even though they do and can live their entire life on an outer coastline that's rocky and rugged with those kelp systems, they don't have to. But Anna Newman, the harbormaster for the Noyo Harbor District in Fort Bragg, fears the ecosystem is too out of balance for otters to be beneficial. The commercial red urchin fishery is in collapse, recreational abalone diving is a thing of the past, and the Dundonist crab fishery is in turmoil. She fears the otters won't even eat the purple urchin. Yeah, they're not in the condition where they're a viable food source. What they are likely to eat is the red urchin, and we have that fishery in collapse, and then the abalone, where in which we have another fishery in collapse. So they're likely to target fisheries which we're trying to protect and species that we don't want to be predated upon. Barrett says otters are opportunistic predators. If there was a red abalone available in easy pickings, I'm sure a sea otter would eat it. However, there has been research that has looked at sort of how do sea otters impact populations of abalone. And what they did show is actually population of black abalone did very well. However, their behavior changed. If abalone have no predators, they're just going to stay easy pickings at the top, right? But as a predator is returned, there could be a bit of a lag time for this. As certain ones get picked off, more start to go into crevices. They become harder to find. The otters aren't able to reach them. As they are in crevices, they're able to go to larger sizes. They're able to become more sexually reproductive so they can reproduce more. Another study by Dr. Josh Smith with the Monterey Bay Aquarium found that while otters do not feed on urchins that have been entirely stripped of kelp, they do forage successfully for urchin in the patches of kelp that remain. From May to September in 2017 and 2019, Smith and his team studied sea otters foraging in the Monterey Peninsula. 
He wrote that in 2014, the region shifted from a once expansive kelp forest to a mosaic of remnant forests interspersed with patches of sea urchin barrens. As the urchin proliferated, more otters began to eat more urchin, but only the ones that were still full of flesh in the remaining kelp. Carswell wrote that through these effects, sea otters defended the kelp, allowing it to persist and to provide spores to seed the recovery of kelp elsewhere. Smith believes that this, combined with a simultaneous sharp uptick in mussels, contributed to an increase of 269 otters in the peninsula to 432. But Newman is also concerned about what will happen to the otters if they're relocated to a new area. So they'll try to swim back to where they're originally from, and as they're transiting those locations, their chance of being predated upon is exponentially increased, and many of them do not make it. And they are an endangered species, they are a marine mammal, and they're going to perish. Barrett agrees that historically there's been a high attrition rate in reintroduction efforts. But she says researchers at the Monterey Bay Aquarium are pioneering a surrogacy program. And that is where they are able to collect sea otter pups that have been stranded, um, cannot be reunited with their mothers. And then they have certain um, sea otters that could serve as surrogate mothers. And so they spend the time without any sort of human contact as best as they can and are raised by sea otters in-house. Now, those pups would essentially have been removed from the population. So this is sort of an opportunity where here's a lost sea otter that could potentially be put into a new area. But there are lots of complications with that as well. How many otters would you need for the reintroduction? Is there enough to be able to source for that? Newman remains skeptical. I think a lot of times, maybe it's because I've worked with so many fishermen, I hear oh, well, the fishing community doesn't like it because, you know, it's going to compete with them. It's like, well, it's a little bit more in-depth with that. It's not that we have the environmentalist group and the non-environmentalist group going head-to-head. It's really multifaceted. This month, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is hosting a number of open houses in California and Oregon, including one at the Noyo Marine Science Center in Fort Bragg from noon to 3 o'clock on June 26th. They'll be looking for input and answering questions about the possibility of reintroducing sea otters. Starting next week at this time, the Friday News will be in Spanish with Victor Palomino. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Reith.